Welcome to Beyond the Stories, a creative business podcast for those looking to find freedom and fulfillment in the work that they do. With me, business coach and therapist, Lauren O'Sullivan. Hi everyone, hope you're well. So today I have something a little bit different for you. So instead of the usual guest interview, today's episode is going to be a coaching style episode. So basically where I chat to my guest Holly about the issues and challenges that she's currently facing in her business. I've been wanting to mix up the format of the show for a couple of weeks because I wanted to address some of the questions and challenges that you guys are facing right now. And I thought doing an episode in a similar way to how I would run a coaching session would be a good way of doing this. So a couple of weeks ago, I opened this up to my Instagram followers to ask what are the things that you guys are struggling with and what you would like answers to. And today's guest, Holly, was one of the first to get back to me. So Holly is an SEO and digital marketing specialist that works with creative businesses to increase traffic to their websites. Holly reached out as she was struggling with talking to her audience and had identified that it was her mindset that was holding her back, particularly thoughts from being an imposter and thinking that she was never going to make this work. This is such an universal issue with my clients. So I wanted to get Holly on the show to talk to her in some more detail and see if we could unpack together some of the reasons around her mindset blockers and find a way forward that felt good for her. So we cover quite a lot in this episode, including feeling pressure to be someone you're not online, how to speak to your audience, what they need to know about you and your work, finding a comfortable way for you to show up online, doing work that really interests you, how to cope with imposter syndrome and going for your big dream. So it's a really interesting episode as we get to the root of what's really holding Holly back, which might not be what you expect. But anyway, that's enough from me. Here's today's episode. Holly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so this is the first coaching episode. So this is, I'm quite excited. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much for having me as the first one. I kind of feel like the the guinea pig, but I kind of like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit of a good because I put out, I think I put out on my stories last week because um, I wanted to change the format. I'd really enjoyed the interview style, but I'd put out on my stories last week that I wanted to kind of change things up a little bit. And you were one of the first people that came back to me. So I really appreciated uh, you responding to that. Thank you. Oh, great. Yeah, no problem. Cool. OK, so do you want to tell people a little bit more about you, Holly, and what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. So I am an SEO and digital marketing consultant. I primarily work with small creative businesses like my own. So I Mm. work with writers, wedding vendors, artists, designers, really anyone who considers themselves to have a small creative business. That's really primarily who I work with. Um, I've worked in the digital marketing space for about five and a half years now, um, both in an agency. I've had a couple of in-house positions. Um, I've been freelancing for just over a year now. um, So I've fairly new to the freelance world but I figured I've been in this industry for a while so I'd kind of give it a go and see what freelancing was like and I've just been loving every moment so far. Oh that's really good so you've definitely obviously got a lot of experience and expertise in your industry in the digital world. I'd like to think so. I am very hesitant to call myself an expert, especially when it comes to things like SEO. We're all kind of at the whim of algorithms. So I try not to say that I'm an expert, but I, ho- I hope that I have enough experience that my clients feel the benefit of the, the years that I've been working in this industry. Absolutely. I'm sure they do. So in terms of you kind of going freelance and setting up 
your business what have been the main challenges for you so far or what are the challenges that you're currently facing at the moment in your business yeah so I was really kind of diving into my full-time job over the last couple Mm. of years and so when I started freelancing last year I was still working full-time I had quite an intense in-house position it was quite demanding of my time um, definitely a lot of responsibility so I actually ended up leaving that position um, back at the end of January a few weeks ago so I have now gone part-time because I'm also working on my master's degree right now so that was something I also started last year so 2019 was a very crazy year for me because I was you know the beginning of the year just you know working away at my full-time job and then by the end of the year I'd added doing an advanced degree and my business as well so it was a crazy end of the year but I think the the biggest struggle I really had towards the end of 2019 and and really that I'm still trying to figure out now is just finding balance um finding time balance um kind of brain balance and kind of splitting my thoughts into different different areas you know into my business into my master's degree Uh, but especially when it comes to my business my attention is really all on my client work right now so I definitely find it difficult to kind of see myself as a client and actually have the time to work in my business um, instead of just on my client work on its own yeah because it's splitting that time like you said I suppose in terms of doing that work that you actually need to do for your clients but I know you said when you contacted me you wanted this business to become hopefully your full-time business in the future so it's growing that and getting new clients as well yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's definitely difficult when, you know, we all we all follow other freelancers online and we're seeing everyone else's success. And I think there's this perception out there that there's just this constant hustle. And I'm very much not like that naturally. Mm. I'm definitely an introvert. I find networking events to be probably the most painful things I've ever experienced. I'm so yeah. terrible at small talk and I just never know what to say to people. And I find that there's so much kind of information and this perception out there that that's really the only way to build a successful business and I think that's been a really big struggle for me is trying to figure out you know what works best for me as an introvert and someone who is much more comfortable communicating online rather than in person Um, so I think that's definitely been a bit of a challenge. Yeah because I think definitely right that whole networking side of things can be really challenging especially if that's kind of naturally not what you feel like that you want to do that's the best fit for your personality Um, I wanted to chat a little bit really about the online side of things because I know when you approached um, me initially um, I sent you a a few questions to answer and one of the things that really stood out in those questions that you sent me was I suppose I feel about being comfortable showing up online and finding that a challenge potentially about finding those new clients as an introvert in the online space and and what that potentially looks like for you and the one thing really in particular that stood out to me is really interesting um, and I hope you don't mind if I read read this out but you said that you found talking about what what it is that you do boring and it was the last thing that you wanted to talk about online so I really wanted to kind of start with start with that really and ask you a little bit more about that and and what it is really that you're you're worried about around speaking about what it is that you do yeah so it's really funny because I never really intended to be a digital marketer I had no idea what I wanted to do growing up well I always Mm. wanted to be a writer but I never really thought that was a feasible career option you know teachers always tell you that that's not really a job that you can have for real so I kind of always put that on the back burner so I did a history degree thinking I'll keep my options open I really don't know what I'm doing so then when I moved from the UK to the US nearly six years ago I kind of got here and 
didn't really have a clue what I was doing. I mm. had only been out of uni for about eight months at that point. I hadn't really had any kind of professional work. Um, I'd only just been working kind of in retail before I moved. So I didn't really know where to start. And I kind of tripped and fell into the digital marketing space. I got a job at a digital marketing agency when I first moved here. And so I really learned a lot from doing that job. But it was funny because a lot of people, I feel like, you know, when they start their freelancing careers, a lot of the conversation is around, you know, finding something you're really passionate about and really following that. And I have to be really honest, marketing is not what I'm passionate about. Mm. I It's my job, but I'm not necessarily you know, in love with marketing. And it's not something that I, you know, talk about in my spare time. I don't casually have marketing conversations with my friends. So I feel like I very, um, I very much compartmentalize how I see what I do and the things that I enjoy. You know, marketing, I love what I do. And it's my job. And I love working with my clients, but it's not my passion. And so I think I've always had that fear that that will definitely come across if I try and talk about it either in a blog post or, you know, in Instagram captions. And I know I had kind of mentioned this a little bit to you as well, but I know from my own perspective as a business owner, I'm somewhat my own client. So, you know, the kind of clients that I work with are very, have very similar businesses to my own. And so I try and think about, you know, how do I as a business owner look at other freelancers and other small business owners and the ones that I really like to follow are the people who don't necessarily talk about what they do all of the time. Mm. I love following people because I like them as people. And so I think that seems to be more of the direction that I felt like naturally worked better for me in terms of my own business marketing. But then on the flip side of that, I think I always have that fear that if I'm not talking about what I'm doing, I'm not promoting my business, I'm not going to grow my business and that it just won't be a success because of that. Yeah, no, I un- I understand that. And I suppose because there's that personal side of things of showing up online. So I suppose showing the behind the scenes and showing what you're doing and showing a bit more about what you're like so people know what to expect when they work with you. And like you said, sharing that business advice. There's two different sides that I suppose can be combined. You know, it doesn't have to be one completely one or completely the other. But I suppose you're kind of struggling with both aspects really in terms of how you should show up it was interesting really and I think quite honest that you said you know it's not really the thing that you're really passionate about so I suppose there's two ways you can can go with this really because like the question that I would always ask people is you know what is it that you enjoy what it is what is it that you're really passionate that you can bring out and talk about so I that would probably one question for you but I suppose the other thing if it is if this really is about a service for your consumer you can then maybe tip that on its head and think about what is it that your customer needs? What what is it that you need to give them from your content and from what it is that you're doing online, from your posts, your captions, your blog posts? What is it that they need from you? And that, I always find, takes that emotional aspect out of it because you're really then focusing less on you and more about them and what it is that they need if that makes sense yeah definitely I think that's the thing that I've really struggled with is what distinguishes me from someone else who's doing something very similar to me if I went with that kind of more business aspect um, yeah. in the things that I do so I think as well the the other fear that I had was there's so much information out there already, particularly around SEO and digital marketing. And I know from speaking with my clients and just other small business owners, it's so overwhelming and people just really don't know where to start. And I think I had that fear of kind of adding more clutter to the mix and not actually Mm. being helpful and serving people. So I think that was the other side of that as well, that 
I just felt like, you know, I, I was trying to write these blog posts that I didn't really feel that invested in and that it just kind of felt like a rehashing of 10,000 other blog posts that already exist. Because it almost is the whole logical advice and tips rather than it does take the emotion out of it completely, doesn't it, if you kind of do exactly. it that way. Yeah. So I, if it is then the small creative business owners that you're targeting and that is your customer, I suppose what I think from that, because I always say like search in general and SEO is probably one of those areas of marketing to most people. I think even if you're involved in marketing half the time, that it seems a bit of that dark art sort of thing. I think it's the thing yeah. that people perhaps understand least. So I suppose there's a bit of an education piece for your consumers or your, for your clients as well around what SEO actually is and what what it what it does for their business because I was going to ask you if you had to identify what that problem is that you're trying to solve for your clients what is that main crux of what you're trying to do for that business yeah so mainly what I work on with my clients is increasing their visibility online particularly with their yeah. websites um, so I think a lot of people especially small creative businesses have really heavily invested in things like Instagram and those kind of platforms and YouTube as well which is great but I think it's definitely a really risky move to be kind of putting all of your eggs in only one or two baskets there's definitely a case to be made for you know only picking a few channels obviously everyone is very strapped for time but I think it's so so crucial to invest in things that you own and have control over now we only obviously have so much control over you know what google's going to show and all of that kind of thing but having your website having a good email list the things that you own that if instagram tomorrow decides to pull the plug and everyone's audiences disappear that you have a backup plan and i think that particularly with seo it's a much more long-term solution to digital marketing and you might not see the results as quickly as other channels but you're really investing in kind of a sustainable model if you start to improve on your SEO. And I think that's something that I really try to educate my clients on when I'm working with them. And especially when we're starting a new project, I always tell them, you know, SEO is the marathon, paid ads and social are the sprint. So mm -hmm. you really have to keep that in mind when you're going through that process. But, you know, investing in a couple of different areas and particularly in SEO, you're really just setting yourself up to have kind of a long term success. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose I'm just wondering, really, that for the target audience that you're pitching at, do they actually even know that they need SEO? Because for all those reasons that you've said, you're educating them on this, you know, having their own channels, getting people to their website in an organic way. But for the clients that you're talking to, if they're running a creative business, do they even know about SEO and what that is and what that can do for them? And I'm wondering if that's the starting point. Because we have like fully absorbed, I suppose, in that marketing world with that yeah. understanding. And that and that was just a question, really, whether you think, yeah. do they necessarily know that SEO plays a part in what it is they need to grow their business and how that would do that? Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that at least a couple of my clients I've had recently have have been hesitant to come forward and approach me because they weren't really sure for a while if that's what they needed and what they needed to be doing. I think a lot of the information out there about SEO is kind of very surface level which is great if you're trying to work on things on your own but I think if you're really trying to take your business to the next level and you're getting very serious about you know putting time and investment into your website and into your business 
being able to take your SEO kind of up a notch from kind of the more basic information that's already out there is is definitely really important. And I think I think there's definitely a disconnect there, particularly in the the small business community about you know where where is that line? I think people now are starting to realise kind of what SEO is. I think as more people have started to talk about it online, it's become a little bit more kind of common vernacular. But I, I definitely agree. There's a lot of education that has to happen, especially in the small business space about you know why SEO is important and how it can help. Because the reason I ask that really is if you were, you know, if we're looking at turning this on that on its head and asking about, you know, who is your customer, what it is they need, and I suppose that other element of you being a little bit conscious about the online space and there being a lot of information about SEO and digital, it's like what's your USP, what's your value? Yeah. And actually for me, that kind of is that little missing bit because I don't really see that much conversation going on with that angle, which is an education piece that is specifically for those types of of businesses. Yeah, I love that. I think the biggest struggle I've had is because I'm so involved in it on a day-to-day basis. It's so difficult to kind of take a step back and see from the outside. Yeah. And I think that is that is one of the challenges that I see across the board for people like you that are really knowledgeable and have a lot of expertise about what they do. Because just from hearing you speak about it and what you know how you talk about what you do, it's obvious that you've got a really in-depth understanding. And I suppose that almost holds us back in some way in understanding what our value is for our customers. Because and I know you did actually mention this in your um, notes to me prior to this, that you suffer a little bit with imposter syndrome. And I think it links very much to this because what comes easily to you and what comes naturally to you because you're so immersed in it day to day, we are, that almost becomes wallpaper to us. So we kind of discount its value in terms of what we've got to put out there and what we've got to offer. And I wonder really digging deep into that in terms of understanding your value, what it is that you have to offer will give you that more bit more confidence in talking about some of these things. So you're not sounding like you're just repeating other things that other people are saying. You're really recognising that specific not necessarily niche, but that specific USP, that specific U angle that you've got to go in at. Yeah, I definitely think that's very true. I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying before about how, you know, a lot of people really follow kind of what their passion is. And because this isn't necessarily mine, I think that combined with having those like imposter syndrome feelings, I think that all just created a perfect storm and made me feel a little bit lost and not really knowing what direction to go in. And I think that's really been the struggle as I've tried to get my business off the ground and tried to, you know, serve my clients the best way that I can I Mm. think not knowing what direction to go in because of those two things and then playing kind of a part together that's definitely been been a struggle no I can imagine that and I think you also said in your note that you did feel a lot of pressure to be someone that you're not to make that this business a success which I suppose is is a symptom or a consequence really of, of being in that position for you Um, Would you see, so in terms of where you want to be then and the bigger vision for this business, would you say that this is a stepping stone to do what it is that you really want to be doing? How does this fit into the bigger, if this isn't your passion, what I suppose, what, Yeah. yeah, what is the bigger picture for you? 
Yeah, so I recently added copywriting as an option um, for my clients um, in terms of the services that I offer. So that's something that I had not really considered doing. I really was focusing on kind of SEO implementation, but leaving the copywriting to one side. I was partnering with a couple of other copywriters um, and kind of bringing them in as and when needed if my clients didn't want to work on their own copywriting themselves. Mm. But, you know, writing is something that I've always loved to do. I've probably been writing since I could pick up a pencil so I think I I'd really put that to one side because I felt like I wasn't necessarily good enough and I think because that is where my passion lies I just had those fears of you know I'm not good enough like there's all these other great copywriters out there that that's specifically what they do and I think I also had a lot of fears around kind of polluting my brand and kind of not having you know a very set like this is exactly what I do this is the one thing that people should know me for and Mm. I think that had always put me off a little bit until the end of last year when I started to kind of rethink all of this I read Emma Gannon's book um, Mm. The Multi-Hyphen Method and I think a couple of other guests on your podcast have spoken about this book before I know it's very popular in kind of the freelance small business community but I think that really kind of opened my eyes to the different possibilities out there and that because I work under just my own name I don't have like a company name or anything like that it's okay to want to do multiple things and I think it works out well but you know both the SEO and digital marketing side of things and the writing side of things kind of naturally work well together and I think that I especially in the last few weeks as I've been working kind of more on my business now that I'm doing this part-time that I think the storytelling angle is really kind of what I do and it just kind of has different assets to it, you know, Mm. from the SEO side of things to the copywriting. So I think thinking long term, I would really love to move more in the direction of marketing consulting and kind of supporting small businesses as they work on their marketing themselves and maybe not doing so much of the actual implementation myself, um, but adding more of the writing side of that um, into my business. Yeah, sure. That makes complete sense. I suppose on the back of that, then my question to you would be, could you not take it? Or have you thought about taking this instead of having this stepping stone, taking it actually to where you want it to be now? What's what's stopping you from saying, OK, if I want to be a storyteller, if I want to be a writer that has, I suppose, that SEO on page content angle to it? And to be able to offer that as a service to small businesses, what would be holding you back from going straight to doing that if that's something that you feel really passionate about? Yeah, I think that's definitely where my imposter syndrome comes in the most. I think that I've always had kind of a lot of issues around a a more negative mindset, I would say. I think that especially when it comes to my writing, because that is something that I always wanted to do. It's been very easy for me to kind of convince myself that I'm not good enough. And, you know, why should anyone care what I have to say? You know, I've started and stopped probably six or seven different blogs over the last decade, 15 years. And, you know, I kept them going for a while, but then it always got to a point that was, you know, why why am I doing this? Why does anyone care about anything that I have to talk about on the Internet? So I think because writing is is really what I love doing the most. I think it's been a lot harder for me to kind of separate that love from from like a business side of things. I think because marketing, as much as I enjoy doing it, that's just my job. That's what I have skills in. That's what I've been doing for the last five years. That's what I know how to do. It's a lot easier for me to kind of detach the emotional aspect of that 
and mm. have less of that imposter syndrome and those negative feelings because I can compartmentalize and think, you know, this is my job. This is what I do. I know how to do this well and I can carry on with it. But when it comes to the writing side of things, there's a lot more emotional investment there for me. And I think that's really been kind of the sticking point of why I've never really pursued that to any great extent. Mm-hmm. I think that that is so interesting what you what you've just said and it's funny really because it thinking about you saying that it mirrors my experience a little bit going back two years ago so I've always worked in marketing as well and my first starting point because it is naturally a starting point if you've got skills in, in something that you've done from years and years in the corporate world to want to kind of to, if you want to work for yourself and you you're thinking right what can I do what skills have I got what have I got of value to be able to say, right, I'm going to offer these marketing services makes real logical sense. And in theory, what you say about being able to detach yourself emotionally to be able to offer that as a package as a service makes sense. But I think what I can see from what you're or what you've been saying to me, that you're still struggling with how to show up, you're still struggling with what to say, particularly around talking about what you're doing you feel like it's a bit boring you don't particularly want to be talking about it it's fitting that with what your consumer wants I think that brings up a whole other set of problems rather than solving a problem it brings up a new set of problems if that makes sense and I wonder because it's like building it's like you're trying to almost build a business to be able to build a business later on if that makes sense or to do the actual thing that you want to do but yeah. setting a business up in itself is so hard. And no it matter, is. Oh, it's, it's one of the hardest things you'll do. And it will be emotional and it will pull at every insecurity and fear that you have, regardless what it, it is that you choose to do. So I suppose I'm just wondering if you have seen the SEO and the implementation of that as the safer, more comfortable option, because one, it's a direct replica, almost a direct replica of what you've been doing with the agency. So, you know, previous to this in your, in your corporate job, but because you can feel like you can emotionally detach from it, I wonder if that's the reason you're choosing to do that. And it's not necessarily wrong, but I would just question, like I said, it's always going to be emotional and it's always going to pull at these fears. So I would question to you whether it's worth revisiting how this looks as an offering, because I think the one of the biggest ways to overcome our fears in doing something, because it's always going to be scary, no matter what we're going to do. And there's that real cliche saying, feel the fear and do it anyway, which sounds really blase, but it's really true. But the thing that makes that stand up is if we have a vision for something bigger than the fear and something that connects us at a deeper level to the work that we want to be doing. And I'm wondering if you can try and incorporate your passion and your strengths and the things that you really care about to offer a service of value to fill a gap that the world needs, that is going to help you, even though it feels more messier emotionally, and we can talk about that going forward, about how that, that could look. But that gives you the ammunition on the other side to address some of these these fears. Does that does that make sense? Does yeah, that- it definitely does. And it's, it's really interesting hearing you say that, because that's actually something that I've been thinking about over the last few weeks, really. And I think that particularly in the SEO world, it's very, you know, tech jargon heavy. And there are so many kind of acronyms for everything. I mean, SEO yeah. in itself. And it's so... It's, it's technical. Very it's very technical. It is. 
And people get really overwhelmed by that. And I think that one thing that I've really been thinking about recently is, you know, how do I marry that that kind of natural storytelling aspect that that I love and that I've been doing for so long? How do I kind of bring that together with the marketing work that I do? And I think that there's, you know, this kind of idea in digital marketing that you have all of these individual silos. So you have, you know, SEO, your content marketing, your paid advertising, social media. And I think that it's only really been in the last few years that people have started to think about, you know, how do all of those work together? But I think there's still, particularly in the small business community, that mindset of having all of these kind of compartmentalized individual aspects to digital marketing. And so I think that storytelling and SEO have not always naturally kind of been put in the same bucket. And mm. I think that's that's definitely something that I'm hoping to try and explore in my business because, you know, I really love that storytelling side of things, but I do still want to offer that value to my clients with the skills that I have and the work that I've been doing the last few years and kind of built up that that experience. And I think that it's definitely something that I'm looking to explore is how can I tie in that storytelling aspect into the SEO work that I'm doing. And I think that that's something that I haven't really seen out there that people are kind of putting those two together. I think that a lot of that tech heavy kind of approach has really been what people have focused on. Mm. And especially when it comes to, you know, there's a lot of thinking of, you know, how can we kind of manipulate these algorithms to try and show up in different places. But I'm so so focused with my clients on you know ultimately what is your story what is the story of your business and I think that's something that I haven't really explored that much in kind of my own writing and my own work and also with my clients it's something that I'm starting to explore but it's you know how how can you tell your story of your business through great SEO and I think that's just something that no one's really kind of doing at the moment and I I don't even know if it's possible but I think that that's something that I would really love to try and explore is can you can you bring storytelling into SEO absolutely because I think you you're really right so one of the like digital for 2020 is like digital constantly changing but it's changed massively in the last three three years two, three years or so. And I think that's because there's more expertise, people, the knowledge is increasing, the technology is increasing. And what used to be ahead of the curve is now run of the mill. So when you were talking about your technical SEO and kind of that checkbox of things that you need to do, yes, there is more information about that. So um, there's more experts, there's more people working in the industry and that stuff, um, more people have the checkboxes ticked, if that makes sense, if you're, if yeah. you're a business. And digital for 2020 is very much going into that content, that storytelling. So it feeds into a little bit with the work I do, really. People think about, well, what's the story behind this business? What's the why? What's the purpose? What? I'm, yeah. Who am I? Who am I trying to help? And pulling that out from people is, it, that is people's USP. That is their story. But ultimately, if you get that right as a content piece for a brand or for a business or for yourself, it kind of works on all different levels. That is that is the thing that's going to make you stand out. And that is the thing that's going to bring you clients. So in terms of an angle for your business, I think that works on multiple levels. Because one, that is very much feeding into a digital trend for 2020. And that could be you offering a service that is ahead of a curve that does set you apart from people. The other thing is, I suppose it's going back to you as well and what you want. And this very much applies to that as well, because 
I think when you're offering a service that is this kind of cold, unemotional, logical service, particularly with the client base that you're trying to reach with creative businesses that do have a story to tell and they want somebody to understand that storytelling process. They want somebody to be able to pull that story out of them and convey that. I think they would rather work with somebody that is also demonstrating that themselves, if that makes sense, rather than rather than having a cold package of SEO services that they can pick from. I think if I was a small creative business owner, I think I might find that a little quite a little bit scary, I think. And yeah, I think that's so this advice, I think this the definitely thing that I want to say is that storytelling, that word is really key. And I think not just in terms of trend, but for you. And what I actually found really interesting about looking through the notes that you sent me. Um, was number one that your degree was in history which was my degree was in as well um, oh, really? yeah so your degree is in history and I think that's a very particular mindset that or particular personality type that chooses that type of whether you type, choose a language-based degree or something like history and the MA that you're doing now was in is in marketing and data analytics now Obviously, I move from history into marketing and into kind of more analytical base. But I wonder if there's within you and your personality and what you enjoy, looking at that creative and storytelling side versus that analytical technical side, where do you see yourself sitting from a personal point of view and a passion and interest point of view on that sliding scale? You know, it's actually really difficult because if you had asked me that question maybe two years ago, I would have been 100% on the storytelling side of that fence. But I think it's been really interesting as I've picked up kind of more freelance work and been in this industry a little bit longer. I'm moving more towards the middle and I've started to really realise how data can be applied to storytelling. And especially when it comes to looking through kind of people's like Google Analytics accounts and looking, you know, what kind content performs well why do we think things are performing well and kind of diving into the analysis portion of that I think it's interesting because I never really had connected that with any of the work I did during my history degree but thinking about it that's a lot of what you're doing is you know you're reading all of this information and then you're trying to you know pull out all of these bits of research and then analyze them and present what you think was happening in that situation and why those things happened and it's really interesting because I was always kind of a word person I hated anything to do with like math science anything with numbers was terrifying and awful but the more that I've been doing this kind of work and the longer that I've been in this industry the more I've realized that data isn't actually as scary as people think it is it's actually a really helpful tool and a lot of the things that we've done even if you know you've been more on that writing side of the fence and you've done that kind of work before that a lot of what we actually do is data analysis we just don't think of it as data analysis Mm -hmm. so I think that I'm definitely a a funny balance of both of those things and I think that that's something that I really want to try and incorporate more into my business is how can we use those data points to come up with a new way of telling a story and start to think about you know what is it that's resonating with my clients customers and you know maybe thinking about you know why is it resonating with them and how can we try and replicate that in a new and different way so yeah I think I'm definitely definitely more on the fence about both of those now. 
And it's like funny because listening to that really, it, when you know when you're in somebody's analytics and if you know the technical know-how behind it and you know the figures to pull out, that's one thing. But actually, the real skill and the real value for your client is taking those figures and creating a story out of those figures to tell them what that that means for them and their business yeah. and what the actions are from that. So there's almost storytelling that comes out of the figures anyway from that point of view. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's been something that I've really been thinking about recently is, you know, like I said, people, I don't really think that anyone has thought about digital marketing necessarily in that way, particularly, you know, things that I'm reading online about, you know, industry updates, that kind of thing. I don't really see that being a conversation is, you know, the, the data analysis side of things is still very focused on the numbers. And yes, there are people trying to interpret those and come up with strategies based on that. But I think that storytelling aspect of it has really been left to the side. And, you know, even talking with other people that work in this industry whenever I've brought that kind of thing up they're like well yes but SEO and storytelling are two different things and I always come back to the kind of point that yes they are technically but are they really and so I think that's that's definitely something that I want to explore as I'm building my business because the storytelling side of things is really what I'm passionate about but there are definitely ways that I'm starting to see how the kind of more technical skill set that I have in SEO and digital marketing and data analysis how I can start bringing all of those things together under that storytelling umbrella yeah yeah and I think that's the thing that is going to be really the key to you really finding yourself within this business as well because it's thinking about so it's all those things that you enjoy doing it's those strengths that you talked about so you know what you enjoy is a storytelling your strengths are kind of the technical SEO they are the data analytics and then it's bringing all of that together to go back to your customer to understand what your customer needs because I do think it's a much more compelling proposition or offering to your particular client base around create small creative businesses to almost go to have that storytelling element as the hook to it because I think they're going to understand yeah. that that more and ultimately rather than looking at this as a service because I think ultimately you're probably going to be offering a broadly the same type of service but it's how you package that to your clients it's thinking about what your client needs and ultimately what do they want they want more traffic and they want more sales yeah. and ultimately but a creative business is probably one of they would much rather do that through storytelling rather than the just the dry technical SEO elements if I can call it dry technical <laughs> SEO elements <laughs> but what you've got I think if you pull all that together that is your USP because you've got all that technical analytical knowledge underneath that so you can have this headline message of the storytelling you can have what problem you're going to solve for them you're going to get more traffic to their website in an organic way but then if you have all the technical capabilities and analysis underneath all that, that then you can pull out these metrics and pull out these stories from the figures and go back and demonstrate the value of what it is that you're offering, which is the benefit of digital that you can track it and you can measure it and you yeah. can show people what it what they're getting. I think to me, from the outside, that feels like a much more solid proposition to a small business owner who may actually not really know what SEO is if that potentially and what if they need it for the business and what it what it does for the business but if you yeah. position yourself as a story uh, you know being able to tell stories for biz, uh, businesses and brands and to be able to not just tell stories but utilize that in such a way that it's going to bring you traffic and drive revenue that we can actually track and measure 
that sounds like wow I'm, I'm interested in that do you know like that sounds yeah. like something and I just wonder because I think I think this is one thing because this is, this is like your service and your offering and what this wants you know what this looks like and the reason I'm kind of bringing this up was really that disconnect between your job and your passion and interest and I suppose I just want to offer that alternative in the middle of that that does it have to be a choice between one and the other is yeah. the value in this really unique exciting combination of both that brings it things together not just for you but to serve your client in a really valuable way too yeah definitely I think that that's that's been my big fear is because no one is really talking about it in this kind of way that you know bringing together those two different aspects isn't something that I've really seen anyone else doing and so I think that fear was there that was you know is this even something that's possible is this something people want is this something that can even happen realistically and I think that's been why I've kind of kept those two things very separate but I think if there is a way and I think there definitely is a way to do this um, I think if there is a way to kind of bring them together that that's really the sweet spot that I live in yeah absolutely and and honestly Holly this is the thing that is going to really set you apart from all the noise and all the competition because like you said there's so much that happens in the online space and there's so much that business owners are bombarded with this is what's going to make you unique and stand out to them and with the SEO on its own I'm not saying you wouldn't make tractions with that. I'm sure you would make traction with that. But I think it's, like I said, it's a much more compelling proposition, this unique service and pulling together all the functions of what it is that you're good at and what you're interested in. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the the other side of that as well, I just wonder if, you know, in a year's time, is this going to reignite my interest and love for what I'm doing? I think because I've been able to keep them kind of emotionally detached and separate from each other for a while, I wonder if that's been part of my problem as well, that because I, I do see that that side of things as, you know, that's my job, that's my skill set, but then the storytelling is the thing that I love. I think that's where I've struggled in knowing what direction to take my business in, because they've just been kind of two separate branches on one tree but going in opposite directions and yes, yeah. I think that that's that's definitely been the biggest problem yeah and I think this feeling of part of the feeling of you feeling a bit like an imposter and certainly this feeling about struggling with talking about what you're doing because you're thinking it's boring if you've gone off so far on that other branch it's no wonder really that feels a bit wobbly and a bit uncomfortable because you've actually gone really far away from you and I think the type of businesses that we are trying to run, because not all businesses, you know, are, are, are the same. This wouldn't be applicable. But I think for the type of things we want to do, we are putting ourselves into these businesses. And because of that, and because of the nature of that, it is hard, like I said, in the beginning to detach from anything, whatever it is that we try to do. And I think we've got to to show up and to be able to have that conversations with our audience. We've got to feel it from inside and we've got to feel... I think this is where a lot of the, the doubt probably comes from that, oh, you know, there's all lots of other people are talking about this. This is really boring. This is really stale. This is really dry. Why does anyone care what I've got to say? Because at yeah. the moment, you're not really caring about it. You're doing it because you feel like you should be because that's yeah. what you need to do to sell the business. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And I think that a lot of that imposter syndrome, kind of those feelings come up with that because because no one else is talking about it in this way, I feel like, well, then why why should I be able to do it in this way? I clearly am not going to have a successful business if all of these other successful people are doing it in this one particular way or one or two particular ways that, you know, 
there's clearly no other option than that. So that's what I have to do. And I mm. think that that's definitely been the road that I've been heading down because I've come out of that corporate environment. And so things were very much set that way as well. And I think that the idea of being able to do it differently has just never been something that I kind of entertained for more than a few minutes because, you know, I don't see anyone else doing that. So then that means it must, it clearly must not be possible then. No, I was like, because it's like the road less traveled, isn't it? You see what people yeah. are doing and you think, yeah, this is what I know about. I, you know, I probably know more than these people about SEO. So I'm kind of, that's working for them. Let's try it. This is sticking your head above the parapet, isn't it? And kind yeah. of leading the way on something. Definitely. It's scary because I would not consider myself to be a natural leader in any way. So I Mm. think that it's always been kind of something that I, as much as I can get creative in terms of the digital marketing strategies that I'm putting together with my clients, when it comes to doing it for my own business, I just have this overwhelming fear that it's not possible. And I think, you know, it's like how everyone says that doctors make the worst patients. I think marketers, marketers are the worst at marketing their own businesses in the way that they do it for their clients. (laughs) So I think that that's been a really big struggle, just trying to find the ability to kind of see my own business as a client rather than knowing that it's my own business and trying to do it in a completely different way. And I think that's been a huge problem is that I've been trying so hard to make my business work, but in a way that isn't natural to me and also isn't how I would work with my own clients. And I think that that's, that's something that just completely has to change this year. Yeah. And I think it's that's going to work better for you. And like I said, it's also going to work better for your clients understanding the value that you're giving. From this, I would really recommend you just digging into what it is that you're, what are your strengths? What is it that you're really good at? What are you really passionate about? What do you actually want to be doing and your day to day, your week to week? So almost like put the clients aside in the first instance, but think about what you want to be doing, how you spend your time, because this journey into running your own business is going to be a bumpy, squiggly journey that's going to have its ups and its downs. And what's going to keep you you grounded is having this inner confidence in you that's coming from doing something that's really I don't want to in your calling to do it maybe you know this is something that you should be doing because this is this is what I'm passionate about and this is what I'm good at doing and this is how I can help people and at the moment you can't really distill down what you're doing to that so I would maybe think about how you want to spend your time and start to shape a service around that and offering around that and that may look very different to what you're doing at the moment or it might look quite similar to what you're doing but you just talk about it and you package it in a slightly different way and from that point then I'd probably then look at your your client and what it is that your clients need from you because if you've got a particular service to offer what is it that they need to know about you and the way you work and your your story as well and what what kind of content do they need to see from you in order to trust you understand what yeah. you're doing and then be willing to stay, take that step to invest in you because I think once you've got your service nailed when you're talking when you're then thinking about how to speak to a customer there can be like a lot of um self-doubt and fear that kind of comes in with kind of putting yourself out there to find these new clients but I think if you can really put yourself in a position to serve and think about those clients that would really like those businesses that would really love your service and would love your help what is it that you need to be putting out there so they can find you and I think that mindset shift of taking the focus away from yourself and thinking about the clients at that stage can really help when you're kind of saying oh is this the right thing is this not what should, what should I post what should I say 
well, what is it that they need to hear? What do I need to tell them? How can I build that trust up? How can I talk about what I'm doing in a way that's going to benefit benefit them? Yeah, definitely. I love that so much. But I suppose like, you know, this thing, this business, this, you know, what we do, like I said, is always going to be a challenge. And the biggest piece of advice would be to really follow what it is that you're interested in. Um, because as much as it can there's all the benefits to doing it the other way I really think you're going to find that motivation and that drive and it will start to come a lot more naturally I think I think that's the thing really you can you can do this and you've you've got the expertise you've got the knowledge but when it's feeling a bit like an uphill battle and you're feeling like you don't really know what to say it's definitely thinking does this need to be this hard can I make it easier can I talk about the things that I'm really interested in because the things that you're interested in are going to be the things that your clients are interested in. People always talk about doing consumer research and client research and, you know, asking. And yeah, there is a place for doing that. But ultimately, you want to do the things that you're interested in and find the people that are interested in that and need that as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's that's something that I really want to work on this year is just, you know, stepping outside of my comfort zone a little bit more and sharing more of the things that I wouldn't have normally shared online. And obviously it's still important to have those boundaries there, but I think that, you know, those, those are the types of people that I love to follow online is the people that share, you know, what they're doing, what they're working on in their businesses, how they feel about things and getting to know people kind of on a more personal level. And Mm -hmm. I know that some of the freelancers that I've worked with, like I've worked with some copywriters before and, and web site designers and the reason that I ended up working with them is because they shared about themselves not necessarily just like you know here's a web design that I've done and you know here's another client piece that I just finished and I think that while those things are really important to see and it's kind of those proof points of the skills that you have I think the big reason that I ended up picking to work with the people that I did is because I felt like I could relate to them on a personal level and that's something that I've really struggled with doing is you know where's that boundary between you know this is still a business but also my business is me mm-hmm. it is really difficult like you said it's particularly you know on Instagram because like you said you notice the people that you do connect with are the people that are sharing bits of themselves but I think it's also noticing about how much people share and what it is that they're sharing because it's not necessarily always personal but it's it can still connect with people without being too private and personal and it's yeah. working out where that boundary is for you I suppose and I think with particularly with Instagram and, and accounts, when we are our business, there is that thing about, oh, should I talk about business? Should I talk about me? And how much do, do I do that? And I think even just having a basic structure to your weekly posting, I think can really help. So say, for example, you, you ran four posts a week. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know how much you plan to do on your grid, but one of those could be the SEO advice, the storytelling advice, or however you want to kind of package that. One could be about your business journey. One could be a bit more personal about what you're up to the weekend, what you're doing. And the other thing could be about your passion and interest. So you've got four, you've got four posts there um, and you're kind of covering all bases with it. But ultimately, yeah. they're all serving the same purpose. And then you're not constantly having this dilemma in your head about, oh, should I be business focused? Should I be advice focused? Should I talk about me? You just say, right, OK, for the next month, I'm going to do four posts. I'm going to do one of each and I'm going to see what, you know, what resonates, what engagement I get and, and see how that goes. And plus, I think it makes it easier to think about what you want to post. If you just have to think about one thing that's a tip or advice, you can talk about one thing that you've worked on with a client this week. If you yeah. just have to pick one thing that's your business journey, you just talk about the one thing that's happened this week, good or bad, in your business journey. So I, 
I always think having a bit of a structure or a framework to particularly the grid posting and you know potentially stories as well can just help it feel less overwhelming and just focus in a little bit more and make it easier to make those decisions about what you want to post in the week. Yeah, I think that makes so much sense. And I think that's where I've been really stuck is that a lot of the more business focused posts that I've seen out there, they're very much kind of of a certain style and they all feel very similar and that just doesn't resonate with me in any way and so I think I've really avoided doing those things and kind of gone too far in the opposite direction and so I think it all kind of really comes back to the that the big problem I had was that no one else seemed to be doing anything like the the way that I want to do things and so I've just been scared to do it so I think that that will definitely be really helpful in kind of creating some kind of structure and stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit more so that I can do things like that yeah and I think experiment with it I think particularly with Instagram it's really hard to know what's going to work without trying it and I think definitely the two things that I would say with when approaching this particularly if you're going to do the go down this new route with kind of packaging a storytelling service to lead the SEO I would really just say you know this there isn't any such thing as a mistake. You know, you're human. You're allowed to make mistakes, of course. But I think everything is like, what am I going to learn from this? And how can I put things out there to gather, you know, information and data back yourself to be able to action yeah. that in your business as well? And just, I think it's just trusting yourself and the decisions you make as well. I think that's going to be really key for you going going forward. And it's really, you know, it's so much, like that is so much easier said than done. But just repeating that, that you know you do trust yourself in the decisions that you make you're willing to experiment you're allowing yourself to be a beginner really just reframes what it is that you're doing you know you don't have to have all the answers and actually the lot of a lot of the answers for you are going to come in doing the doing I think from this yeah from this piece and because I think this idea that you've got is really unique but when it lives in your head it doesn't have the full 3d manifestation of what it's going to look like in the real world and I think once you start to put it out there you start talking about it I think it will just run itself naturally and I think that's the path you want to get on that one that organically kind of drives and runs itself rather than feeling like that that uphill battle yeah definitely and I think that that's where so much of my procrastination has come from is just that fear so I think if I can put it put some kind of structure together and and start going in a slightly different direction with everything I think that'll be really helpful definitely and I think these fears as well I think really start to I would really start to get in touch with some of these fears and the things that you're worried about and write them down on paper because I think thinking about them and writing about them are two hugely different things and changing your mindset you know however you want to put that you know you're not kind of telling yourself black is white and you know be positive and I'm not going to be scared and I'm just going to get on and do it but I think if you can address some of your fears and why you're not feeling like this might be good enough or why that you're thinking that you can't put put things out there just address what thoughts are driving that and ask yourself um, are there other ways that you could be thinking of this is it really true because I think a lot of the things that we tell ourselves aren't necessarily real and you just said before that you kind of tend to err on the side of maybe being a little bit negative. So actually, probably a lot of the things that you're thinking aren't actually true. There are a whole spectrum of possibilities in between what's true and what's not true that could equally be true of each other, if that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. I, and I just think reminding yourself 
of that so you know are you making assumptions about things is there a more helpful way that you can think about something are you blaming yourself unnecessarily for something you know is there what evidence do you have to support that all these questions I think are really helpful in just challenging that view in our minds and it's just you know it's something that I very much recommend you know doing on a daily basis as you're working through some of this you know if you, if there's procrastination that's setting in or there's you know you're struggling to kind of put your content together really think about those thoughts that are driving that behavior and just you know have an honest conversation with yourself about like I said just challenge them and think about if there are any other possibilities and try and reframe what it is that you're doing as an experiment and allow yourself to be that beginner and allow yourself to experiment and the, the biggest thing that I'd say with all this in terms of overcoming fear is really having that vision for something that is bigger than the fear and I'd probably spend some time this next week or two and off the back of this call maybe thinking about this vision of what you want for yourself and what you want your life to be and what you want your business to be in your life and maybe ask yourself some of those really big questions and it's easy to put those aside when we're thinking right I'm going to offer this service that's this this and this and this but actually to kind of really get that momentum I think it's got to go back into you and what it is that you want and creating something that that you're you're going to feel really proud of and excited about so much so that it's almost like you feel compelled to get things out there and and that that does help it does help with the fear it doesn't go away but it helps yeah I could definitely see that I think it's so easy to get stuck in that comparison trap inside your own head and so I think being able to put some of these things down on paper and really kind of map out where I want this business to go at least for the moment I know that everyone's businesses always kind of twist and turn and go in different directions over the years than they initially thought but at least if I can start planning out what I want this to look like in the short term I think that'll be really helpful yeah yeah it's, it's finding what your why is and what's your purpose behind it think about it's exactly the same what you're saying before you know how you'd approach storytelling for your clients it's applying that to you what's the story of you and yeah. your your business and like you said there's always you know your business is always going to evolve it's always going to pivot but if you put yourself at the heart of your business it will always move and pivot around you and it will have you in it and I honestly believe the value in any you know any of these values driven businesses as as I would call it is in the person at the heart of it and it feels really scary putting yourself into it but I really think that's where the magic is that's that is where success is going to going to come from yeah I agree I think it's it's definitely something that I haven't explored that much but I think I definitely need to at this point (laughs) Oh, well, I think, you know, from what you've said, you're like, you've got so much experience and expertise and you've always really got this passion for storytelling. And that is definitely something there is a huge need for that out there. That's the other thing, you know, that is a huge, huge gap that needs filling. So I'm really excited to see what, what you do with that, Holly. Well, thank you. So where can people find you online, Holly? So I am on Instagram and Twitter. Um, uh, my handle is at Holly R. Landis and my website is hollylandis.com. So you can find me over there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate you being my first coaching guest. Yeah, thank you so much. This is so much fun. Thanks, Holly. Thank you. Thanks. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on the new coaching style episode format. Also, if you'd like to come on the show or have a question on topic that you'd like covering, please get in touch all the links for how to get in touch and everything discussed in the episode are in the show notes which you can find in your podcast app or on my website florinosullivan.com forward slash beyond the stories podcast 
Don't forget, if you've enjoyed today's episode, pass it on and share it to someone who you think would enjoy it too. I really appreciate all the feedback and each and every share so much, so thank you. Thanks for listening and I hope you have a lovely week. See you next time.